Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Happy, happy new year, everyone. I feel like this is the actual first week of the year because all the vacations and half work weeks are over and my kids are back in school, which means I am back to my regular routine. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. I am your hostess, Kim Peek. I am a running and triathlon coach, but I feel like what I do is so much more than that because training for an endurance event changes lives. You get stronger and faster as you train, but your life also transforms in many other ways. Training gives you time to clear your head, to think through problems, to relax or let your mind wander, or to just get that alone time that so many moms crave. Or if you're running with a friend, it can also be a way to get in that social time and it can become a time to build relationships. Running means something different to each person and how that experience affects us can vary from season to season in our lives. As a coach, I hope I'm not just supporting my athletes in their training activities, but that I'm also helping them become mentally stronger for when they do train, but also helping them use those tools that help them be better athletes and competitors in their personal lives, at home, at work, and as they look toward any other hopes and dreams that they might have. Now, of course, I'm not perfect, and I certainly don't have it all figured out in my own life either. But that's one of the things I love about coaching and about this podcast is that as I try to learn and grow, hopefully I'm sharing some of my findings with you and we're all just growing and changing our lives and improving our lives together. So because it is early in the new year and many people have set New Year's resolutions, I want to do my best to support those efforts and help you be successful. Most people bail on the New Year's resolutions pretty early in the game. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Maybe they weren't all that committed to the idea in the first place, or maybe it wasn't top of mind anymore. Maybe somebody forced them into coming up with a New Year's resolution. And so they just kind of pulled something out of thin air, the same thing, you know, that whatever was easy to come up with. But most likely... The reason people bail on a New Year's resolution is because it got hard and we resist doing hard things. We like to conserve our energy and take the path of least least resistance. It is just human nature that we are going to conserve that energy and take the easy way out when possible. So for the next few weeks, we are going to talk about how to set up habits and routines and thought patterns that will help you achieve your goals. Right now, we're all motivated. It's a new year and everyone's talking about goals. The resolutions we jotted down are top of mind. And we are, for the most part, pretty excited about these changes we're trying to make in our lives. We're feeling super motivated. It's kind of like you're inside of a snow globe and someone shakes it up and you see all that snow and sparkles coming down around you, well, that snow is your motivation. And that's exciting, right? It's pretty, it's exciting, it's something new. But as time goes on, 
that snow, just like in our snow globe, it begins to settle and our motivation wanes. And when that flurry of excitement has stopped, we find ourselves relying on willpower. And if there's one thing I hope you've learned as a listener to this podcast, willpower alone does not work. Jim Rohn said, motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. At the beginning of the day, we might be able to do a lot of things purely on willpower, but willpower is limited. And so by the end of the day, we're tired from working and making decisions all day and our willpower just isn't as strong. So we need some other tools to fall back on. And one of the ways we can ensure our success is with our habits. Have you ever been in your car driving and you're driving to a certain place that you've been a hundred times before? And so you're driving totally on autopilot. You're not even thinking about where to turn. It's just automatic. Today, I was driving my 14-year-old to school and our schools are pretty big here. So there's a lot of traffic on all sides of the school. And usually I drop her off at one of the side doors. But today was the first day back after Christmas break. And I was just kind of zoning out, thinking of actually coming back home and recording this podcast. So I'm just driving down the street purely out of habit. And before I knew it, I was driving up the hill at the main entrance instead of my super slick and sneaky side door drop-off point that has a lot less traffic. When I realized what I had done, I was kind of stunned because I'm like, what did I do this for? And then I laughed because I knew I was recording this podcast today and I had been looking for an example of the power of habit. So the kids were off school for almost a month and in that time we had driven down the same street without turning on our sneaky side door street. And she had also had a bunch of theater rehearsals and I, for those, had dropped her off at the main door. So I was just kind of developed a new habit over the last four weeks of not turning on that secret road, which really isn't all that secret. It's just faster and slicker for me. Anyway, our brains don't like to have to think. Can you imagine how exhausting it would be if you had to think about every single thing you did each day? So some things just become habits are part of our routine Because we don't want to or we don't need to think about every decision we make. Driving to the main entrance had become my new habit over the last few weeks. And my brain was happy with that because it meant it was one less thing I had to think about this morning. Until that habit no longer worked for me like the way it worked today. You might have heard the story about why former President Obama only wore green or, I mean, gray or blue suits while he was in office. He told Vanity Fair in a 2012 interview, you'll see I only wear gray or blue suits. I'm trying to pare down decisions. I don't want to make decisions about what I'm eating or wearing because I have too many other decisions to make. So he chose to just put some of these things like what to wear in the morning on autopilot. So he didn't have to decide what he was going to wear or if it was going to match or if he felt like wearing that. This was basically his uniform that he put on to get dressed for work each morning. This is something that you will see many high performers do. They try to eliminate as many mundane daily decisions as they can so that they can focus on the important things that they must attend to. Small habits make a big difference in our lives. For example, 
You probably have a morning routine, even if you're unaware of it. You might wake up, scroll through your phone, maybe go to the bathroom, wash your hands, brush your teeth, and then go let your dogs out. These are things you do every day in the same order, probably without thinking much about it. When you have a new behavior you're trying to add to your life, you want it to become so automatic that you don't have to think about it. One way of adding a new habit to your life is by using a technique called behavior stacking. This is where you take a habit that you already have and you tell yourself, every time I do this, I will do that immediately after. One of my daughters has asthma and it's been a real struggle to get her to take her daily medication. Without even knowing what habit stacking was, my husband finally insisted that she put her inhaler next to her toothbrush so that she would remember to use her daily inhaler when she was about to brush her teeth. Using this example, she would tell herself, every time I brush my teeth, I will take my Dulera after. I started using the same concept in reverse. I went years without drinking soda. And then over one of our family vacations, when it seemed like it was just a challenge to find really anything other than pop to drink, I started drinking it again. And I decided this year that I needed to get control over this situation again because these drinks are just loaded with chemicals and junk that I don't feel like are good for my body. And probably if any of you have spent any time reading about the effects of pop, soda, whatever you call it where you live, you also know it's really not good for us. So as I was thinking about when I was most likely to grab a soda, I realized that it was almost always when I am on my way to my car. And I pass the fridge on the way to the car, and I grab a Coke Zero for the road. Because I always like, I don't know why I get so thirsty in the car, and I always have to have something to drink. And really, any other time, I'm pretty good about drinking tea or some sort of water that I flavored with fruit. But for some reason, every time I get in my car, that is just like a real sticking point for me. So to keep myself from grabbing the pop, I could just not have the stuff in my house, but my kids have this thing where they think I'm weird and their friends, more like they're afraid their friends are going to think we're weird if we don't stock certain types of foods. And so we do have it in our house because my kids like it and sometimes when they have migraines, it's good for a migraine. But anyway, I could just not have it in my house, but I do. And, you know, you can bash on me if you want because I have it in my house. But what I did and what's working for me is I got some cute metal water bottles from Target. And I filled those with water and then added some of my favorite flavors to the to the bottles. And I have four of them lined up in my fridge, the same fridge that I pass on the way to the car. And so now when I go to get my drink that I reach for out of habit, I am reaching for the alternative that I've put in plain sight. So now my habit is every time I go to my car, I grab a water bottle instead of every time I go to my car, I grab a Coke Zero. So I've replaced, I've habit stacked, but I've also swapped out a bad habit for one that I feel is a more healthy habit. I want you to think about this and how you could do this in your own life. You don't want to overhaul your life in one week. You just don't want to have a complete life overhaul. And I know that that is another reason that so many New Year's resolutions don't work because we try to change too many things in our lives. So that only sets you up for failure and disappointment because you just can't change 
everything about yourself or everything about your life all in one week or one day or one month or maybe even one year. So what you should do or what you can do instead is think about one habit you need to change. Is there a habit you want to add that you compare with something that you already do automatically? And amazingly, just the act of telling yourself this and thinking about this makes it more top of mind. And just thinking about it and becoming more aware of it helps you start questioning and catching yourself when you, when you make that misstep. Helps you catch yourself and think about it so that you can be more likely to stay on the path that you're trying to be on. We've talked before about how our habits become our identity. If we do something long enough, we start to think about ourselves as being a certain way. And this can work for us and against us. If we have a habit of starting a diet and then giving up when it gets hard, it can work against us because our brain starts sending us the message, hey there, it's okay to quit. Go ahead, eat that donut. We know deep down we are someone who quits. But what if we flipped this one and we used it for our benefit? We could tell ourselves, I am a person who gets up early to exercise. And then we tell ourselves that every day, and even on days when we want to sit in bed in the morning when we first wake up and scroll through our phone and check Facebook, we still keep telling ourselves, I am someone who gets up early and exercises. Eventually, we begin to believe it. And finally, we start taking those steps and we do become that person. Have you ever heard of the think, feel, do model? We have a thought and we assign a feeling to that thought and then that feeling drives our behavior. And this is something that works in advertising as well as in psychology and behavior. When you see the Nike swoosh, you might think of one of their slogans such as just do it or there is no finish line. And that might make you feel a certain way. Maybe it makes you feel strong or empowered. And that feeling might make you want to buy their shoe so that you too can feel strong and empowered and train like a champion. And Think, Feel, Do works in advertising this way, but it also works with your behavior. Your alarm goes off in the morning, and instead of thinking, I'm tired, I don't want to get out of bed, maybe you try to change that thought process, and you say, I'm excited to face this day, and I'm going to start with my workout. How does that thought make you feel? Does it make you feel empowered, strong, maybe capable? And then with that feeling, with those positive thoughts, you get out of bed, and you put your shoes on, and you begin to work out. Before you know it, you are someone who is a morning exerciser, and that habit becomes part of your new identity. So I'm this way with donuts, cakes, cookies, pancakes, French toast, pretty much anything that has a lot of sugar and flour in it. About four years ago, my doctor had me change my way of eating to eliminate gluten as a way of helping my body deal with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune version of hypothyroidism. And it was a struggle for many, many months to stay away from flour and sugar. But now when somebody has one of those sweet treats that I used to crave, I don't even think about it. My family eats foods with gluten, and so it's in our house. 
but I'm not even slightly tempted to pop an Oreo in my mouth or to take a bite of that donut that might be on the counter when the kids have friends over for a sleepover because it's just not something that's even part of my identity. Sometimes we need to break a goal down into smaller pieces. I had a client recently ask me how to become someone who runs first thing in the morning. She's a busy mom of young children, and she also has a full-time job. After work, things get busy with all the things that we all need to do after school, homework, activities, maybe helping the kids with their reading, helping them with homework, and then starting the whole bedtime routine. So she wanted to make time in the mornings to work out. But for many people, it's not as easy as saying, wake up earlier. For her, it might mean changing the evening routine. Maybe that means she has to change her evening routine so that she has the lunches made at night, which frees up more time in the morning for her. Or maybe she's been staying up late at night finishing up her chores instead of going to bed early, which means it's hard for her to wake up. And a possible solution to that could be that she needs to get her family to pitch in more so that the house is organized and she isn't up so late. Now, I am never in favor of cutting back on sleep so that you can become someone who works out in the morning. So it's important because we have to have our sleep. Sleep is an important component of our health. So it's important to make sure that we look at other solutions that don't involve cutting back on sleep. If you're trying to start this habit, I would probably suggest starting with the night before. Doing what you need to do so that you can get out of bed earlier, which enables you to wake up earlier. Then, organizing your environment for success, which could include things like setting out your clothes, or I know people who even sleep in their workout clothes. Also, getting your water bottles. Maybe you have them filled already and in the fridge, so all you have to do is grab them on your way out the door, so you're not wasting time thinking and procrastinating in the morning. And if there's gear that you need out, having that gear out and ready to go. I know over the weekend, it was my first Saturday back to my tri-class. And because I've been focusing on other things, I haven't been there in many months, like probably since the end of September. And so I knew that I it was going to be a struggle for me to wake up early to get to tri-class. And so I had to round up all of my gear. Where were my cycle shoes? Did I have goggles? Where was my swimsuit? I even go so far as to keep my swimsuit out and I put that on before I go to the gym so I'm not having to change in the locker room. So then I also had to pick out what clothes will I wear to cycle in, what clothes will I wear on top of my swimsuit to the gym. And then I realized I had not stepped foot in the place for so long because I've mostly been running outside that I didn't know where my lock or my membership card were. So I had to go the night before to Walgreens to buy a lock. So I had a lock for my locker. And these are just some of the things that I did to plan to ensure my success the next morning. Because if I would have left all of that stuff to chance in the morning, I would have spent so much time goofing around that I wouldn't have made it there, or I would have gotten to the class without half my gear. So start the night before, think through what you need, and then if that isn't really your problem, Think through what you need to be able to get to bed early enough so that you feel rested in the morning. For some people, you might have to do all of this advanced prep work 
Plus, maybe you also need to do the wake-up portion in increments. So the first day, you wake up five minutes earlier, and you get out of bed and put your shoes on. And that's all you do, no workout. And then you do that for as many days as it takes until you can develop the habit of, I wake up at this time, and I put my shoes on. I wake up at this time the next day, and I put my shoes on. And that's all you do. And maybe you do that for one or two or three weeks or three months, whatever it takes until that part is routine. Then the next week, maybe you bump that to 10 minutes earlier and you go through the whole thing. And then maybe you bump it to 10 minutes earlier. And after I put my shoes on, I go for a three minute walk. And then maybe you bump that to, I get up 15 minutes earlier and I go for a five minute walk. And you just keep bumping that in increments until you have developed a new habit. Sometimes you also have to work backwards. I have a goal of running a half marathon and maybe even a marathon this year. And it's something that I have really not been able to do since I have started the hormone blocker that I have to take, which I take to prevent the recurrence of my breast cancer. So it's a medicine that I'm required to take if I want to basically stay alive and reduce that risk of breast cancer coming back. So quitting the medication is not an option right there. But that medicine makes my feet hurt and it makes it hard to run. So for me, I've had to think about my goals in terms of the obstacles that I have that are keeping me from being successful. And you can do this too. So let's run through this using my marathon example. What is my goal? To run a marathon. What is preventing me from running the marathon? I can't run enough to build up the right levels of endurance. Why? Why can't I run enough? Now, for some people, this might be a time constraint or something with your family or your kids. For me, why can't I run enough? My feet hurt. So what is the solution? If I want to run a marathon, I first have to address this issue of my feet hurting. So how do I address that issue? What's the solution? I address the pain in my calves and my feet first. And how do I do that? For me, the solution is diet, but also I need to pay a lot of attention to stretching and to foam rolling, especially my calves, and to using a ball to roll out the arches, the bottoms of my feet. So here's another example. Let's say you want to make better food choices to fuel your family. You think backward to see where you are stumbling And you realize that you have two major times of the day that you overeat, when the kids come home from school and want snacks, and also after dinner when your family wants a dessert. So think about why are you eating the snacks with your kids? Is there a reason? And what is the solution? And only you're going to know this, but maybe your solution is that you need to serve more nutritious snacks so that you can enjoy them too. Or maybe you give the kids their snacks and... You go find some new activity that takes your mind off of eating. Or maybe you prepare their snacks and you get yourself a glass of iced tea and you sit there and you talk to them about your day. Only you know what is triggering you to eat this food that you don't necessarily want or need. So think about that and then come up with your solution. And maybe that solution involves some planning or some shopping. So to summarize that, think about your goal, think about the places that you stumble, 
And then why does this happen? Then think about how you address that stumbling block. And then that is going to help you get around instead of just, I want to run a marathon or I want to eat better. It's going to help you narrow in on that place that you're stumbling so that you can address that. And then once you address that, then you figure out what your next sticking point is and you address those. And by working on all of those tiny behaviors, you're going to see this carry on, not carry over into your entire life, not just that one goal, because all of these habits have a cumulative effect. So I've given you a lot of tips today that can help you make some big changes if you are ready and willing to take on the challenge. And even small changes to our habits like waking up five minutes earlier or eating fruit instead of a cookie at snack time can make big changes when you repeat these small behaviors daily. So I don't want you to worry about overhauling your whole life. Pick one habit to add or eliminate and get really, really good at that one thing before piling on more things to worry about. I want to summarize a few of the main points from today. Number one, our brains like to make things easy on us. To avoid making lots of decisions, we do something out of habit. That can work for us or against us, depending on if that habit serves us. Number two, you can use habit stacking to pair an existing habit with a habit you want to develop. You do this by telling yourself, every time I do this, I will do that. You could even use this method to help yourself be more present for your family by saying, every night when I pull into the garage, I will take 60 seconds to mentally prepare for how I want to treat my family tonight. Number three, you can use the think, feel, do model to adjust your behavior. At any point along the way, you can choose to change either the think, the feel, or the do to change the entire equation. Change your thoughts to change your feelings, which changes your actions. You control your thoughts, which means you choose how to think about it. And what you think controls your behaviors. And number four, work backwards. Look at what you want to accomplish and spend time thinking about where you get tripped up. Then look for solutions to addressing that problem. I hope today's podcast was helpful. You are not a quitter. You are not a failure. You are resilient. You are a fighter. You are a hard worker. And you are someone who plans for your own success. Take these ideas and see how you can apply them to your own goals and dreams. I would love to hear what you think. And I would love to know if these tips work for you. If you aren't already a member, join my Strength Challenge group. You can search Power of Run Strength Challenge on Facebook, and it should pop right up for you. Or send me an email at coachkim at thepowerofrun.com. Let me know what you think. You can talk to me about any of the coaching that I offer or join some of my free challenges. Have a great week and keep working to power up your performance. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. 
as a new podcast your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.